Probably. I mean, the farther you know, farther east you go, it's definitely going to get like yeah. that, right? I mean, presumably, tartar sauce was made by the tartars, right? You would assume. I like except there are there are are some weird there are some weird things like that like uh, Jamaica Queens the neighborhood in New York yeah not at all named after Jamaica the island really totally different name just happens to be exactly the same (laughs) huh it's very weird oh yeah I love no relation relation like places like that that do that where it's like you think it's like like French fries not named for uh uh France it's named for uh. The style of cutting them, or the guy, no, no. the guy who invented them, was like no. Uh, American troops during World War One uh, saw Belgian troops making it, and the Belgian troops were speaking French. <laughs> really? Yeah. Classic. Maybe yeah. it's French toast that I'm thinking of that the guy was. Uh, French toast uh, was German. We changed it during the First World War to be French toast because we didn't like the Germans during the First World War. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I, I and before no then, it was called German toast. What? Or Dutch really? toast? Yeah. Huh. D- Dutch toast. I kind of fuck with Dutch toast. Dutch toast. Dutch toast. Yeah. That could be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be it's, all right. It's not a French thing. It's it's eaten by Germanic peoples. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Well, folks. Uh, Wait, were you... we recording that? No, yeah. we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> Called a cold intro, buddy. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, I guess two days after we recorded the last episode of this show, um, a, little, a little something went down in Eastern Europe. Uh, <laughs> a, there was an election in Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about that. <laughs> I don't actually know that that's true. Dude, absolutely crazy. Because I, I guess for, for like a week prior to that, we'd been hearing chatter that there might be Russian movements. There was like buildup of troops on the border and yeah. stuff. I think we maybe even talked about like the buildup of troops, but I don't yeah. remember what we said. Right. I, I think in, in retrospect, having having watched them move all that equipment at a time when gas prices are as high as they are, they, you, they were gonna move, you were going to do something with it, right? Yeah. More yeah. than just the normal yearly uh, military exercise they have. Like, uh, there was, there was a, a news article that came out recently that Russia's pulling up, like, 143,000 conscripts or whatever. Turns out, they do that every year. That's just the normal rotation of the, of the conscripts, to get more people and get them trained. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's I mean, see where it goes. Uh, okay, so, did, did you play Civ Five? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, you know when you put troops on someone's border and not declare war on them, you get that event where the world leader would come and talk to you yeah. and say like i see the troops you know on my border you know get them you know are you planning to declare war on me and you can either like say yes and declare war on them yeah or you can lie putin essentially just clicked the lie option <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Ugh, jake what do you think i remember when i was hearing about the the build-up i i it felt like they were going to invade to me and i i remember talking to other people i don't no, remember exactly who who told me that no it's you know it's routine you know they just build up and as soon as they invaded i was i felt vindicated but also terrified for the ukrainian that people the perfect that's the perfect way to put it vindicated in our predictions terrified of what's going to happen yeah oh my god yeah i mean actually it's kind of weird how much the ukrainians have been resisting them it's impressive. Russians, I mean, and the Russians oh, yeah. have been trying to limit civilian casualties because they have to occupy the place afterwards. They can't slaughter. Have they, though? They, they, they've, In some I mean, places. They, I mean, like, like cultural centers like Kiev, yeah, you got to yeah. capture that. Yeah. You got to capture that. I mean, yeah, and, and 
they, I mean, they realize that they have to control the people afterwards. They can't just be going around slaughtering all of them. You know, they're trying to be, they, they could be a lot more heavy handed. Yeah. Like, being. That's, that's the main point. Russia could just go scorched earth and be done with this war in a week. Yeah. They decided to take whatever the Russian form of more humanitarian <laughs> is. <laughs> and, and we got the war that we got. Yeah. It's so interesting though, dude. Like I, I haven't been this engaged in, in world, like world news in a long time. I mean, this is there this hasn't is crazy. been a story or a, an event like this on the world stage in quite some time. Not since the last Russian invasion in 2014. Yeah, yeah, since yeah. Crimea. Yeah. yeah, which, what? How did we not see this coming from back then? Why was nothing done about that back then? Putin just kind of came in. It's like, yeah, these areas declare themselves. He did the same thing in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that those were, like, the the war in Georgia and the wars in Chechnya, they were also called special military operations. Yeah. And they're like, we're not at war, folks. (laughs) Don't mind the hundreds of coffins coming home. Good God. Did you see those those videos of the, um, the hospital trucks driving into Belarus? I have not. Dude, it's like, it's, the one, the video I saw was like maybe a minute 40. Every five seconds, there's a hospital truck passing. These things carry up to 50 people, and you know the Russians will stuff more in there if there's more people to carry. It does not look good for Russia, dude. I mean, I mean, I've been watching all the videos coming out from like Ukrainian soldiers when they've, they've captured Russians and everything, or they've, they've, they're, you know, looking at dead Russians. I mean, it. (laughs) It's not going well for them, man. Dude, that's that, what was crazy to me about the 2014 invasion was I remember seeing live stream footage in perfect 1080p HD from the deck of a Russian cruise missile ship that was just launching. And I was like, wow, this is really well covered. You know, it's being it's being filmed from all angles. Nothing like this. Nothing, Nothing. like no. this, dude. This no. is this is war in 3D. I, I don't even know what's going on. It's it's sorry, Jake. No, go ahead. I mean, it's, it's just. People have so much more access to communication, to visual communication now. Oh, yeah. That like, both sides can just like send videos that the entire world can see it in an instant. It's crazy. It's impressive that there are so many Russian nation like natives who are just so brainwashed by Russian media that despite all of the evidence, video and and otherwise out there of the war and what they're doing in Ukraine, that so many of them believe that there is no war that it's not as serious as it is or that they they continue to support support the war right the fact exactly that, i mean based off of things which are largely lies i mean they they seem to believe that they're liberating the ukrainian people despite the fact that obviously the ukrainian people don't like them i've heard reports of of people who like Ukrainian citizens taking shelter in bomb shelters, calling their relatives in Russia saying, I'm in a bomb shelter right now, being attacked, being bombed. And their, their relatives are saying, no, that's, that's not true. That's not, that's not what's happening. Straight up gaslighting someone in a bomb shelter. (laughs) Your own family. It's not like, like just like people calling for help. It's your own family saying I'm in a bomb shelter right now, taking shelter from artillery. And they choose to believe Russian state media instead. That's the craziest part of it. Like a third of Ukrainians speak Russian on a daily basis. The culture is pretty closely connected. How can the disconnect be so much that you could kill your neighbor and be like, oh, well, he was asking for it. (laughs) I mean, like, what? And that's sort of one of the things that the Russians are using as an excuse to invade is that, oh, we're liberating these, these Russian areas in Ukraine. Yeah. 
which yeah i i uh, the the whole media side of this from the russians is just collapsing man like in in the beginning they they had these stated objectives of demilitarization and denazification <laughs> but now they're like psych we didn't want to capture kiev and zelensky we're just going to go for the same areas we were in in 2014 that was the plan all along yeah it, then why did you lose 10,000 troops in the uh, north? What, yeah. are, what are you talking about? It's moving the goalposts, man. I mean, it's been a complete logistical failure. Have you seen the oh rows and rows God. of, like, Russian tanks and armored vehicles yes. that are just sitting there because they can't get gas? And what's what's crazy is prior to this war, when we'd see a picture of a destroyed tank, we'd be like, ah, it's just anecdotal. You know, and, uh, there's a probably... picture here there. Yeah, yeah a picture here or there. We got tags for each and every one of these bad boys. <laughs> and just the ones that have been visually confirmed, like like, completely visually confirmed, is a lot of vehicles. A lot. Both like, destroyed and abandoned, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ukrainian farmers are just taking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Ukrainian government is saying, you can keep you it. You can have it. Yeah. Dude, Which, honestly... Kind of free, badass. Free tank? I free mean, tank, yeah. Possibility of death, but free tank. They're saying it's coming out in, like, thirds, where a third of vehicles the Ukrainians outright destroy. A third of them they're able to repurpose, and a third just... Yeah, I mean, there's so much viscera and stuff in there that it's going to take a while to get them back in place. But it's like, that is in... Because you look at these you look at these vehicles and you're like, oh, it's just some Russian crap. You know, some old steel, it's gone. That was millions of dollars or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars at least. Yeah. Over and over and over again. The Russian war machine is going to be gassed, dude, real quick. Have you seen the flaw with the autoloader system that Russian tanks use? Oh my God. Yes, yeah. where, oh. where if it gets hit, it... You hit in the right place, it the top knocks, just blows yeah, off. blows off. Yeah, yeah all the that. ammunition I was, goes off. I was going to bring that up. This yeah. is why NATO doesn't use autoloaders typically. Yeah, I mean the the Americans do. I mean, it makes our tanks bigger targets, but yeah. also they don't just explode. And we have a faster fire rate, more control when something does go wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have more people in the tank, though. We have to have a de- dedicated loader. So, right. so when when one does go down, you're risking more lives per tank, but and you have to have. But you have to dedicate more people to each tank. Right. Yeah, and they don't go down as often. I mean, the Abrams is a big tank. It's also... It's the West Bikes make them big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great tank when operated by NATO members. When it's just some random country that happened to buy them. Yeah, the effect isn't... Yeah, it's not, it's not like the American training, but yeah. it's still a good right. tank. Yeah. Whereas these Russian stuff... Bro, I can't imagine... I can't imagine Russia's future sales are going to be any good. The yeah, isn't doing much. Yeah, I mean the Indians are still trying to buy from the Russians. Yeah, which so much of so much of this on the world stage is going to depend on India and the third world nations. If they're not willing to to sanction or at least say maybe don't do this, we'll we'll have to see where things go. Uh, with the with the the massacre in Bucha right now, um, India has started to has started to pull a little bit back from Russia. Um, I think they're looking at cutting down the oil shipments they're going to receive from Russia. I mean, their military is so reliant on Russia, though. I mean, like... For replacement parts, at least. For replacement parts, for ammunition. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Like, they're the largest producer in the world of 7.62. I mean, where else are you going to get that? I mean, I, you know, other places produce it, but not nearly as cheaply and not nearly as plentifully. Oh, yeah. You know? And they, they to, to switch over to using Western military equipment is like a decades process. It's not going to happen in a year and yeah and, and other than just the mechanical training it's a huge change in doctrine as well the yeah. way we fight our wars is very different than the way russia does yeah absolutely speaking yeah. of sanctions on russia how effective do you think 
they've been or will be. And do you think you how know, more effective were the sanctions after twenty fourteen from stopping this from happening? True. They didn't. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, it works on a democracy to sanction them. It doesn't work on an authoritarian. You know what's crazy is a a former uh, German PM or who's who's the leader of Germany? They're a um, uh, they chancellor. chancellor. Yeah, former German chancellor just said the exact same thing a couple days ago. He was like, "Yeah, uh, sanctions only work on democratic nations where yeah. people have an input. Putin's not being stopped by that." I mean, the only people you could really go after that would have an impact are going to be the oligarchs, which they are trying to do. They but... are attempting to do. Yes. Oh yeah. Seems like the KGB or the FSB is going after them as much as do the amount of poisonings recently is just real gross, real gross way to deal with your enemies. That's how can does it. Double tap them. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but just drone strike them and get it over with. The yeah. slow poisoning and the posturing is so very Russian. <laughs> It's such a everyone Russian everyone knows opposition. what's going on anyway. It's not like you're being slick about it. It's not like oh they they died a mysterious death. Yeah. Like everyone knows they're being poisoned. So well, do the Russian people? That's a that's that okay. That might be the biggest question in all this for me. How much are the Russians brainwashed, and how much are they just Russian? <laughs> like, like it's, is there a difference the, cult, the cultural values of the u.s or the west in general versus russia is very different it's as in in russia there's this idea of russian dominance over the slavic world right they see themselves as the protectors even if they have to come in with guns to protect you yes you yeah. know so i i really i really don't know man where there's so much fog of war, is any of the stuff we're receiving uh, actually true? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, it's it's very unclear. It's a war. Yeah. Do you think that NATO or, or the U.S. will get involved militarily at some point? No. Well, there's already been NATO losses. Uh, that uh, day one or two, there was a Romanian plane that was out you know, patrolling the border that disappeared. They sent out a helicopter to, to go find it. That helicopter also disappeared. NATO insists it's a crash. Russia says it might have been Ukrainian AA firing on them. Point is, there's already been seven NATO deaths in this. I mean, I could see, I mean, it's entirely logical that it could have been accidental friendly fire from the Ukrainians. I mean, look at, uh, what was it, the uh, Six Days War, uh, where the Israelis accidentally sunk a uh, U.S. ship. Yeah. You know, yeah. it happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, Romania still, they're still flying MiGs. The model that crashed was built in 1959. What are you doing in NATO if you aren't up to date with this stuff? You gotta admit that sounds very Romanian. It does. You know? it I have does. to imagine if Romania sends tanks, they'll be pulled by donkeys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really makes you wonder, what is the purpose of NATO right now? I feel like NATO's been kind of given a new purpose now because of the Russian invasion. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that for like the last two, three decades, mm, the, no one understood what NATO was for anymore because the big boogeyman of Europe was gone and now yeah. the big boogeyman of Europe is back. Okay. Much weaker, you know, than he was before, but clearly still able to function. And yeah. still has, what, 5,000 nuclear warheads? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, which he's been Putin's been threatening the nuclear stuff since day one. But come on, 
come on, fight a war like a man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you went in there, you got you got your ass handed to you. Either back just, out or drop a nuke, like on, honestly. Just just stop with the, the nuclear posturing. I mean no limited, one buys it. Limited nuclear strikes is part of Russian doctrine. They believe it is. they can do it without the West without the West escalating to total world annihilation, yeah. which is not part of U.S. doctrine. Not U.S. Anymore. doctrine is um, if they are struck, they will fire everything. Yeah. I mean, we've made that very clear to the Russians repeatedly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Crazy to think that back in 1945, there was only tactical uses of nuclear weapons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only method was tactical. And I guess it kind of worked. I mean, it worked it, incredibly well. Yeah, it ended the war. For the first time, uh, the enemy has used cruel bombs. Oh, yeah. It kind of, weirdly enough, it reminds me of one of the, the sieges of uh, Constantinople where they brought out the Greek fire as a final as a final move <laughs> against the Ottomans and sent them on their way hastily. <laughs> what do you think it would take for NATO or, or the U.S. or Western powers to get involved in in Ukraine? That's a that's a great question, dude. I don't think we'll do it. I mean, if we do, it's at all for I, anything. If if in what capacity do you mean? Any really? I mean, besides besides sanctioning, like what what do you? Do you think there's a, a point? I guess I already asked this, but if there were to be a point where we intervened on a military front, what what would cause that? Like boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. I. The only way we put boots on the ground is if a NATO member is attacked. Yeah, if Article 5 gets triggered, and that well, that should do it. On paper, that should do it. And that would also be the end of the world. As we know it, yeah. I mean, they, it, rise of the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, except, I don't know. I feel like if I'm, uh, I feel like that could uh, have a domino effect between India and Pakistan. So some Southern Hemisphere is not going to be too... I guess that's more the equator, isn't it? Yeah, South Africa is going to be. I mean, the equator is yeah. the start of the southern hemisphere. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it's there's going to be poisonous gas across the <laughs> yeah. entire planet. It's all like the southern hemisphere is going to be doing awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ah, uh, Ukraine. Why did it take until 2014 for them to start to arm up? You live right next to Russia. Shouldn't it be mandatory that every single man of age carries a or has a weapon with him? You'd think so, you know, try and do what the Swiss did. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd think it'd be one of the most militarized places in the world, like North Korea. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense, but it is a liberal democracy. I guess, but Switzerland's a liberal democracy, and every man must serve. Yeah, yeah. So. Crazy to me, man. But it's, is Okay, so Zelensky is constantly asking for more and more weapons and stuff. Understandably. Is he paying for those? I imagine we're sending them as aid. That's... A lot of money and aid. I don't want. I don't want Russia to take over Ukraine. I'm okay with it. I, I uh, Ukraine is not a U.S. ally. They're Western aligned. They're on the border of Russia. By choice. Them speak yeah, so is Estonia. Sure. I'm just saying it's. It's not like Canada gets invaded. You know. What, is this really a U.S. issue? Is my point. It could it could quickly become so on the along the borders of Ukraine. I can see how currently it is not. It is a U.S. concern, but it is not a U.S. issue. Like it has yeah. to raised to the point where like the U.S. 
has some sort of absolute obligation to be involved. But the U.S. should definitely be monitoring it and probably trying to help the Ukrainians. Yeah. I mean, and Russia's like, Russia's claim that NATO is quote-unquote expanding, people apply to be in NATO. NATO isn't invading countries and making them become NATO countries. That doesn't really happen. Also, I don't think Sweden and Finland are looking at uh, Russian neighbor being invaded and going, wow, now I don't want to join NATO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's this whole scenario where people don't feel safe because of Russia, so they want to join NATO, which makes Russia feel unsafe and want to invade people so they don't join NATO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a never-ending spiral. Dude, did you know that, um, I think it was in, in it might have been the 40s or 50s, there was a point where Russia wanted to join NATO. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was sort of a political power play, though. I mean, it was. Stalin it was. was trying to either point out that either NATO is not to prevent war and is actually yeah. an alliance against Russia, or if they had let the Soviet Union in, then NATO would become pointless. Yeah. He was just trying to make them admit that it's an anti-Russia alliance. Which is, is yeah, not, I mean, not it's, incorrect. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it is. You know? we'll take, apparently, we'll take everyone but Russia. <laughs> right. so, so, yeah, dude. I don't know. Now we got like 120,000 U.S. troops on the border. Except we don't have any U.S. troops on the southern border. But uh, we'll do it for Ukraine. A non-NATO member. I mean, Mexico's not attacking. The cartel is pretty dangerous, man. They constantly cross over the border. Like, like Russia's, Russia's claim that, well, there's, there's Nazis in eastern Ukraine, so we have to invade. We have to demilitarize. The cartel has done a lot of damage and does not mind crossing the border to do that damage against U.S. citizens, and yet we don't invade over that. Well, but it's a lot less Russia's... overt. Sorry, sorry. It's it's a lot less overt than what Russia is doing. Sure, but the cartels are strapped up. I mean, they can rival yeah. the Mexican military. I, I mean, also the claim that the Russians are making that they have to demilitarize because of the Nazis on the border, the far right groups on the border isn't legitimate. I mean, it's well, not a legitimate reason to invade. Not a legitimate reason to invade. It is a bit of a concern. But have you seen the Azov I mean, Battalion? Oh, I mean, oh, far right. I mean, okay, one. All the countries across Europe have far right groups. The four, more, more uh, Eastern European you get. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. There, there are a lot of them. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's a ton of them. Um, they, they're, they're an extreme minority. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're an extreme minority. Extreme minority, yeah. It's not a reason to invade. No. I mean, it's like, could, can mankind invade Greece because of the question on? Yeah, the question would be how often do those Nazi groups in Ukraine interfere with Russian citizens in Russian territory? And since they can, I guess that's where this whole thing comes down to them considering the Donbass and Luhansk reasons to be part of Russia. That is therefore true. justifying it, but they, uh, it, it it does it doesn't it doesn't really add up. It doesn't really add up. Yeah, I I, I you know the cartels are militarized, and I'd argue that. Certain states in Mexico have become narcocracies, um, but I don't. I don't. I don't think troops on the border is appropriate. It's not going to calm things down. Yeah, it's certainly yeah. not going to solve the issue. Yeah. yeah. So what I find is weird about this whole conflict is that it has united the far right and the far left. And what way? Well, they both seem to kind of be trying to justify what Russia is doing. The far left, especially. Tankies are unapologetically supporting Russia. Dude, the mental gymnastics right now. <laughs> oh my, and then, and then you've got the far right going, well, you know, some of these 
things that the Russians are saying make sense. It's like, no, they're illegitimate claims, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's like, I understand you don't, I understand not wanting to get involved, but I'm not going to justify what the Russians are doing. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I don't want to get involved either, because I like being alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not trying to get vaporized like all these Russian troops. Yeah. Dude, that seems like one out of every three deaths for the Russians right now. Is complete and utter vaporization, or just un, almost unrecoverable. It's insane. The amount of bodies they leave in the field, too. Yeah. Uh, it's talking about, you know, talk about a different type of military doctrine. Yeah. They just, leave, they just leave them there, man. No. No, no man left behind doctrine over there. Yeah, and then when the Russians figured out exactly how bad they are at, at, at the urban combat stuff, they had to go and bring in reinforcements from Chechnya and Syria, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know who I do feel bad for, though, in Russia? Imagine if you were, like, 63, and you had saved up all this money your whole life, and you were about to retire, and then the ruble drops, like, ten times in value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, yeah not as, as we're rushing, you almost come to expect that. Yeah. Retiring can be cut at any time. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, under the Soviet Union, that would not have happened. That's why so many people like want to go back to the Soviet Union. It was at least, stable. yeah, at least it was stable. Yeah, it at sucked, least. but you knew it was going to suck every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. the history of Ru- Russia just sucks. It's just not. Has a it good ever place not sucked? Be. Yeah, at any point in history, has Russia not sucked? It's always been a very brutal place, man, with with threats from foreign outsiders all the time. Yeah, it has no natural barriers, man. Yeah, man. Right. I mean, nothing stops invaders from coming in. Yeah, once you push past that that little mountainous mountainous pass region in Ukraine, it's open field. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they have the they have the Himalayas on the southern border, but the Himalayas don't they? No. Or is that that's further south? My bad. Himalayas are between India and China. Right, right. Yeah, they have the, the uh, Urals. Urals. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I, that's what I was thinking of. And yeah. the Caucasus towards the, the Caucasus. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, Asia's pretty much an open expanse, though. You have to go across the Gobi Desert, but right, the Mongols is... did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Granted, the Mongols were pretty good at ignoring natural barriers. Mo- yeah, mobile warfare, dude. Yeah. Same way Russia Russia's trying to do it with their, their uh, the way they have their, like, motorized battalions and whatnot, which is, is good for maneuver warfare, but... You're fighting entrenched positions here. They've had the time and, and you know the time and practice to know the area around them really well. Yeah, and I mean the the Russians also like they have what's called short legs. They, I think they have one point two engineers for every combat soldier, which for a modern war is not nearly enough. I mean the technology they use, they need so much support around it to keep it functioning, oh, yeah, which is why they're logistics is absolute ass yeah and in terms of rank among the the russian soldiers there is a massive gap where it's lower lower you know conscripts and then the high up generals and that's why we i think that's it's been theorized why we've seen so many generals die in this in this war because they have to personally go to the front line to lead shit because the people down there are in total disarray right dude no gps in in their armored vehicles uh, no encryption on any of their of their communications. None. Wow. They're okay. fighting a, a war like it's 1982, dude. It, it, it's insane. That's way before 1982. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I guess you mean like no computer encryption. They must be using some sort of like manual uh, analog encryption. Not so much, it would seem. Wow. Very, very few of their of their uh their like logistical units actually have these keys. 
So they're just making calls using Ukrainian SIM cards because that's the better connection for them right now. <laughs> I mean, I can see how not putting GPS in it makes sense because the U.S. controls GPS. We yeah. could just turn it off for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. just be like, no more GPS. <laughs> yeah, but, man, they, you got to you gotta do something. A little thin, little thin line with two cans on the end. You gotta do something, dude. It's not really working. <laughs> Ukrainian soldier comes along, just snips. <laughs> Cut That's basically how it's going, dude. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, dude, the I think last thing we should talk about the use of banned weapons. I'm seeing cluster bombs left and right, dude. Cluster bomb dispensers after the attacks. Not banned yet, technically, though. Really. Yeah, cluster bombs are still. People keep talking about banning against them. against which targets? Wait, no, not cluster. I'm uh, cluster bombs. I think are illegal. I'm thinking vacuum bombs. Vacuum uh, bombs are the ones that aren't illegal. Yeah, yeah my bad. Yeah, my bad. Like those, those like there are also weapons. There are also reports of chemical web warfare over there too. Confirmed, dude. I've yeah. seen. I've seen the distinct dispersion of white phosphorus uh, when a white phosphorus explosion goes off. And that's one of the that's one of the crazy claims um, that a lot of anti-war groups have used over the years. Oh, there's been white phosphorus used in this war and whatnot. What they don't specify is that white phosphorus is used in everything from smoke grenades to to all kinds of stuff. What we're really talking about here is the use of white phosphorus as the weapon it was intended for, and that's that is brutal, dude. Absolutely brutal. I, this is a side note. I just want to point out how weird it was the first chemical weapon that we used on mass in a war happened to smell like mustard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Soldiers came back from World War One traumatized by the smell of mustard. Oh, probably. Yeah. Dude, dude that's, that's terrifying. Take a bite into your Italian sub and have a fucking flashback. <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrifying. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we've seen that. Um, They're using vacuum bombs, which are controversial. We still use vacuum bombs, though. Yeah. Fairness, so, but apparently, like you can be, you know, you can be standing a football field away from a vacuum bomb and it'll suckle the air out of your lungs. Yeah, dude, it's a brutal way to die. Yeah, I, I, I think the one that we that we use most in our arsenals is called the Daisy Cutter, right? It's used for clearing out huge, huge areas of uh, forest so you can land troops there. Yeah, we also use them to um, destroy buildings because <laughs> they certainly can. <laughs> basically, you, you can put it in the door of a building and it'll collapse the entire building. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a new era of warfare, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the javelins have been working phenomenally well against the Russians, dude. Dude, how how has Russia not prepared for top attack weapons? They did. They put those the coke cages, cages. <laughs> but then we. we then put tungsten and depleted uranium in the missiles. Yeah, then they figured out that the missiles are dual stage, so it doesn't really do anything yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to imagine Russian arms sales are not going to be doing so great in the future. I want, <laughs> I, I want, I, also, the AK-12 sucks. It's, yeah, man, as far as, as improvements to the AK goes, AK-12, not not one of the, not not, one of the yeah. best ones of, of recent of recent make. Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's not it's not a very good gun. It's not very high tech. It's not. A, I mean, I if I was if I was a Russian soldier right now, I'd want an AK seventy four. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd want a seventy four. Yeah, yeah. Your Cadillac, your classic. <laughs> Take you where you need to go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You seen that there are soldiers out there running around with Mosin and the Gants? Yeah, yeah, I've seen all kinds of crazy weapons. That's a peasant gun from the eighteen eighties. Yeah, <laughs> for those rear guard uh, troops in the in the. Formerly Russian-occupied areas, like the Donbass, that's what they rely on. 
It's what you have in stock, right? I mean, yeah. we, we've shot the Nikon. That shit is still accurate. It's still works. It's still, it's still a good gun. gun. Oh, yeah. But it's a bolt-action rifle from the 1880s. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it does not belong in a modern war. You, you wouldn't think. Unless I'm very... I'm not using a Mosin in a war unless I am very, very far back. Yeah, dude. Because yeah. up close, there's no point to a Mosin to God. Exactly. Exactly. And so, folks, that will do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this analysis of the Ukrainian-Russian uh, war from three people who have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> three and guys. by that, he means three West Point grads. Two <laughs> <laughs> class, of, class of 2020. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. Have a good one.